Hello, and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Welcome back, parents, to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. Bree James here with you, and on today's episode, I welcome Dale Gilham on the show again to chat about how we can invest in our child's future because it's so important, especially in today's society, that our children have a good understanding of money and develop good habits in saving and investing. Because did you know that you can set up a share portfolio for your child no matter how old they are? So I chat to Dale Gilham about why we should be getting our children involved in investing and how we can explain this concept to them in a fun and engaging way so that they're investing now for their future. Let's get him on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Dale, just for those that are you know new to the world of investing, what is a share portfolio and you know, why should we, obviously, you know, a lot of adults get involved, but why should we be involving our children in getting a shared portfolio? That's a really, really, really good question. It's actually one that I was talking about with a certified financial planner only yesterday. I oh, know yesterday, two days ago, I was talking about generational wealth and family and talking to families, talking to children, uh, whether they're adults or, you know, they're, they're young children and how to get them into investing and trading. But a share portfolio is quite simply just a portfolio where you're just buying and you're buying some shares. Now, more recently over the last sort of, since the GFC, probably since the end of the GFC, people are starting to buy things like exchange traded funds or ETFs as they're known to get exposure to the stock market. Um, So they might buy like an index ETF to get exposure to the market. I know a lot of, People, younger people are using those. So we're getting young people who are just entering the workforce, getting into those, and they're using these little apps or they, these apps on their phones where it might round up some purchases. Like if the purchase is $4.57, it'll round it up to $5, and that extra few cents goes into that ETF or that product and builds up an ETF. But I do also know that parents are using ETFs for their children and just investing in them because you can buy them um, or you can invest in them quite cheaply as opposed to, uh, for example, like CSL, one of our best stocks in our market, that's like $250, $260. But if, you know, grandmother gives, you know, the kids $10 or $50 for, at a birthday and they might have $100, they can put that into an exchange traded fund quite simply and easily and, and, and can gain exposure to a broad range of stocks. So it's generally what... Um, really good way of getting kids into the stock market and, and getting into an investment because it's really, really critical getting them started really, really early, especially more so nowadays than what it was 30 or 40 years ago with you know, the price of property where it is right now and, and um, kids really struggling to get them into their first home. The earlier you start, the earlier you create those habits of saving and getting into the stock market, the better. And I was only thinking this morning, um, regarding CSL, who I'd mentioned, uh, CSL and the other one was Cochlear. Uh, and I did some research a little while back and, and I, if you'd bought $1,000 worth of CSL or Cochlear shares the day they first came onto the stock market, uh, and both of those were government companies, they were government companies that they um, privatised, um, I think it was $1,000 I worked out that now you'd be a millionaire with all the compounding and everything over the 20, 30 years you'd be a millionaire right now. So it's pretty impressive what can happen if you start early. So how do we start that portfolio? Like, What is the process for setting up a portfolio for your kids? 
It's quite simple. We're starting a portfolio. Obviously, children under 18 aren't a legal entity in the eyes of the law. So that's a little bit more difficult. Now, I'm, I remember with my goddaughter, when she was born, um, we actually set up a portfolio for her. Now, basically what happened with that is I was trustee for her, for her portfolio. And eventually later on, I switched that over to her mum and dad until she was 18 and, and she was able to take that over. So... So you would have the child's name, but you're as trustee for that child, uh, simply because with children, you've got also tax um, issues around children because children are only allowed to earn a certain amount of income, like us adults, before they're taxed. But once, and it's only hundreds of dollars for children on a yearly basis. So above that amount, they get taxed a lot. Um, it's a very, very high tax rate. And part of it is a reason with the government said it so that um, people didn't put all their money into their children's names and sort of avoid tax. So, so you do have to watch that a little bit, but it's really, really simple is you just go to your broker. Um, and most cases I say to parents, just go to the bank that you, whoever you bank with, whether it's Commonwealth Bank or Westpac or NAB or ANZ or whoever, they've all got a broking arm. And because you've already got bank accounts with them, it's really easy to set up. It's really easy to set up an account for your child as you being the trustee for that. And then using that to start purchasing either stocks, individual stocks like a BHP or a Woolworths or a, um, you know, Wes Farmers or CSL or Cochlear, I've already mentioned, or to start investing in exchange traded funds, you know, those index exchange traded funds and just putting money into those. That's so really, really simple process. So you can put shares in your child's name quite easily or? Yeah, it's not hard. It, it is really, really simple. Um, as I said, you just got to fill out the right paperwork and the broker has a really simple, uh, any broker website will have all the documentation and explanation and how to do that. Uh, you might, if you don't, if you don't really want to uh, get onto the web and do it all on, let's say, Comsex website, they have some great advisors. You can pick up the phone and talk to them on the phone and all the bases, all the banks have people like that. You can say, I want to open an account in my child's name. What do I need to do? And they'll walk you through the process. They're really good. And they're really, they're really encouraging for children to get into the stock market because banks, you know, you know, I, I'm sure when you were young in primary school, the banks are wanting you to put, you know, your pocket money into the bank. And, you know, I remember when I was really, really young, I had a little passport, pass, passbook, sorry, you know, and, and we're putting money into that regularly from a really young age. And the banks try and train people to become clients of theirs because they know there's a lot of stickability. If a child starts banking with Commonwealth Bank or Westpac, they're likely to continue on banking with them for years on end and, and then get into the housing loans and everything else where the banks really make money. But you'll find there'll be people at the bank that'll be able to help you out to open up the account, what you need to do and how it's going to be structured, et cetera. But as I said, it, you need to do it in a trust fashion. It's not about setting up a trust account. It's just saying it's, you know, John Smith as trustee for Jane Smith. That's all it is. It's pretty simple. So is there any uh, type of investment account that's better for a child or are they all the same, same as adults ones? They're pretty much the same as adults, but some of the banks do have specific ones for children which pay a slightly higher interest rate or there might be incentives such as if you put in X dollars, we'll match that with X dollars. So they might say if you put in $50 or $100 to start it, we'll match it with another $50 or $100. So there are those sorts of incentives, but it's pretty much the same. Uh, as it is for an adult. Now, obviously, a normal sort of savings account, today's interest rates are so low, it's almost not worth having them at this point in time, especially when you factor inflation. Inflation is more than the interest rates on a lot of those bank accounts. But it is more about 
creating habits. And this is the one thing that I was talking about with that financial advisor. It's not about intelligence. Uh, creating wealth in your life has nothing to do with intelligence at all. It's got to do with attitude. And um, I came from a single parent welfare family. You know, my, my father died when I was three months old. You know, we had no money, but I was still able to become financially successful through creating habits. And that's, you know, my mum was very much into saving money and making sure you, uh, you know, didn't overspend, you know, don't spend what you earn, always put money aside, keep building it up in the bank and then start look and look after yourself. So parents can use, uh, can teach their kids that. And the younger you start teaching them, the better. So, uh, and I've got parents that I deal with um, all the time who, you know, they might give, let's say a child $10 for their pocket money on a weekly basis. And for that, they have to do certain chores. But then what they also do is add the criteria to the child saying, well, of that $10, you need to save four of it, put that into your bank account. Um, the other six that you can spend or however they want to um, divvy up that $10 and they make the child put that money into their bank account and build it up over time. And that's great. But with low interest rates, the child's not really benefiting from that in terms of growth um, and also income on that. So as you build up let's say $500 into the bank account, then I would start looking at buying some shares. If you want to go direct shares um, rather than an exchange traded fund, really, really simple. And I talk about these in my book. Um, just look at the top 10 stocks on the Australian market. That's all you need to do and start buy one of them with you know, $500 or $1,000. And then the next $500 or the next $1,000 you get, you just buy the second one and then you buy the third one. And right now, Commonwealth Bank is the number one stock in Australia by market capitalization. But you've also got, you know, your BHPs, your Rios, your West Farmers, your Cockwears, your CSLs, all of the best stocks on the market. And if a child's hanging on to those for 20 years, they'll do really, really well out of that portfolio by continually adding to them. And if you only add 1000 or $2,000 a year to those portfolios by the time and left them to retirement age, that, that child would be quite wealthy if that's all they did, which just kept building that up. Mm, so interesting. You know, I think probably one of the things that many of us uh, parents go, oh, I wish my parents had done this for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A big issue that a lot of families have, if I want to say that is um, parents don't teach financial management. And part of the reason is they just don't know how, but I also see people where, for example, I had a lady the other week said, Dale, my 90, I think she said 98 year old dad has been running our stock portfolio for you know 50 years or more and it's worth several million dollars now you know obviously he's unlikely to be around in the next few years because of his age but i don't know how to manage that and to me that's that's a sad state of affairs that if the dad's really under control and he knows what's doing why hasn't he imparted that knowledge to the children because we see statistics all of the time that when people get this windfall whether it's a an inheritance or whether they win Tats Lotto. If you haven't learnt to know how to manage that, you tend to lose it pretty quickly. And that's why we see second generation people of wealthy families quite often will lose money if they haven't been taught the right money management skills. But then we see people coming out of low income families who make millions. And some people even become billionaires because they've created those habits of saving some money. Uh, you know, it's like when children get into the workforce, you know, um, you should, we should be teaching them to put you know, a nice chunk of their first paycheck and every single paycheck into a bank account and start investing with that. And if they did that, we wouldn't have issues around retirement now with most people not being able to retire. So it is about creating habits 
because it doesn't matter how intelligent your child is or isn't, they can still do very, very well. And by the time they're in their 20s and 30s, they'll have plenty of money to be able to buy their first home if we started early. So true. So for us, obviously, there is a huge focus on children spending everything and the consumerism, you know, we're constantly mm-hmm. advertised to buy, buy things. So how can we, I guess, get our children interested in investing and explain it in an easy way so they get the concept and they are actually excited about it? It's about creating fun um, and not, I, to, I hesitated a, sec, a second because it's about not putting our BS into the children, if that makes sense, without being rude to people. Often adults have um, fears around money. Um, you know, their fear of losing, fear of making mistakes, fear of being wrong. There's all sorts of fears, but children don't have those fears. We do. And it's about not imparting those onto children because the stock market's not scary. The property market's not scary. You know, knowledge is the enemy of fear, but it's about creating those habits, as I was saying, and, and by starting out early and showing the children what to do, but making it fun. And that's the, the part of it saying, okay, so we've got this, but it's also, it's, creating things like might be a stock that uh, the children know and for, for want of a better one to say Apple, you know, a lot of kids, you know, they like Apple, you know, or they might like um, other types of stocks that might be interesting, like Nike, all those big brands, you know, they might have Nike shoes and you go, okay, well, how about we buy some Nike stock? You know, then you're an owner of the company. Now, a lot of Australian companies are pretty boring to children, but I'm sure they're ones that we can find because I would suggest you start only investing in Australian stocks, not necessarily overseas stocks. But kids drive past JB Hi-Fi all the time or they might even go into JB Hi-Fi with you and you'd say, you might be saying to your child, how'd you like to own some shares in JB Hi-Fi? So you own this stock, you own a part of this shop. And they might go, wow, you know, so, and so as they make more money, so then you start looking at JB Hi-Fi and looking at their profits when they come out and say, hey, look, JB Hi-Fi has made more profits, blah, 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 which means the share might go up and you make it that sort of fun game. But you also need to get have rewards for the child as well, not just saying save some money and save some money and save some money and just keep putting it all into investing into, into the stock market. You do need to say, okay, if you do this, then... At this point in time, we can do that, whether it's, you know, go on a bit of a holiday or go to a theme park or whatever that it is. There's also a reward as well for good behaviour, if that makes sense. And, and I don't mean in the sense of being, a, you know, a, a naughty or a nice girl or boy. I mean by good habits. If they've created the good habits and they're continually saving, then they get a reward as well because investing is great, but also you do need to reward yourself from time to time. Um, even us adults, we need to do that. Yeah, absolutely, because it can be uh, quite, I guess, boring, <laughs> saving all the time, not having any fun. <laughs> it is, and that's really where, you know, a lot of people don't like budgeting because they think it's very restrictive to them. And, and to me, it's if you, it doesn't matter what you earn right now, everybody can put money aside. And if you, let's say you put 10% or 20% of your income away into a bank account that you don't see, let's say your employer pays it, but they've already taken that 10 or 20% out of it and funded it, funneled it into another account for you. And all you see in your normal bank account is what the remainder is. You just live on the remainder and you don't know any different and it will continue to compound and grow for you there. And I think that's what it is. I find that uh, as adults, we, we have this hole in the pocket site type syndrome where money comes in and we see this money in our bank account and then we go, I know we should invest it and I know we should be doing something productive for our future with it but I don't know how to do it. 
So I'll just buy a new lounge suite or I'll go on a holiday or buy a boat or whatever or borrow a new car or whatever else, and then I get rid of my problem. But then we get to 50, 55, and even 60, and we start panicking because we don't have enough money in retirement. I mean, the statistics of superannuation um, at retirement are what people have, uh, males and females, whilst the gap is closing between male and female, it's still pretty poor um, in terms of how much we retire on. So the earlier we get people into that habit of just making sure that this money goes to the side, we don't worry about that. That's our future. And we keep funneling that future and building and compounding that future and creating those good habits. We can still have a great lifestyle, but not affect our future lifestyle. And, and one of the things I was talking about yesterday with a gentleman I was interviewing, um, he said all too often, well, he said, what is common is we make decisions for today based on today. Whereas the, the way to success is to focus on what you desire into the future. So if you desire to have money into the future, all your decisions today should be based on that, not on what's today, what's satisfying today's need or today's want or today's desire. Because I think you said a little bit earlier, you know, the pressures of shopping and all the having all the latest gear, et cetera, the latest iPhones, et cetera. Kids get bombarded with it all of the time, but it's teaching kids about the consequences of that. If you spend on that, then you can't have this. So it's, it's, it's giving them those choices and allowing them to make the choice. You say, look, you could have this fancy new iPhone that's going to cost you $1,200 or you could have this phone and have all this extra money and then you can put it in here and later on you'll have a lot more money. But it's creating that, that money smarts in them. And there's some really, really great resources around money smarts. I mean, if you go to the ASIC website, they have a money smart website, which is fantastic. It's got a huge amount of great information for people um, from all ages to help them understand money. They've got a compound income, a compound interest calculator, which is brilliant. And, and I would suggest parents go into that. And you just type in, if I put $1,000 a year into, uh, you put $1,000 into it over 30 years at an interest rate of 7%, how much would that be worth in 20, 30, 40, 50 years? And you can just see visually in a graph how that actually works and how much money you have. And that's sort of part of involving the child and saying, well, can you save $1,000 a year of all your pocket money and you know, uh, money that you get for birthdays and Christmas and everything else? And then every year, we let's put it into the stock market. We put something into a stock market and this is what you can have. Um, and that's what I mean by getting them involved in making the decisions because the earlier they're involved in making those decisions, the, the more confident and more competent they'll be by the time they get into the workforce. And therefore, they'll, be, they'll know the gratification or know that the... the um, why they should be putting money aside, if that makes sense, because they'll yeah. already have seen the benefits of that. Yeah, sometimes it's not the how, it's the why. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you have to know why first and then the what and the how comes afterwards. Yep, absolutely. So is there any uh, resources that you can recommend to parents that are looking to start a share portfolio for their children? You mentioned a couple of apps and... Yep. Another one, another place to go that I love going to and love sending new people through to is the ASX website. Um, so asx.com.au. So Money Smart website is the uh, ASIC website. So that's money, I think it's moneysmart.gov.au. So that's a great place to start. Then um, the ASX, asx.com.au. The ASX have a lot of beginner information about, you know, how to set up a portfolio, what, are the what is the stock market? And they've got free courses like that, or what is a share, what's a dividend, how to work it all, how to invest, 
et cetera. There's a whole lot of information on there. And there's some really good broker websites. You know, for example, um, I would say suggest to people go to their local, their bank. So whether it's, you know, Comtech or Westpac or whatever else, and then actually talk to the people, you know, give them a call. They'd love to have, you know, start help a child out and get started with the portfolio. So, but go to Money Smart first, go to the ASX website second. Uh, really, really good places to get great information from. Thank you so much, Dale, for all of your uh, tips and advice today. Uh, it's always great to have you on the show. Uh, if you want to find out more about Dale, uh, wealthwithin.com.au and obviously your two books, tell us about those as well. Yeah, I've got two books. The first one is called How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%. I wrote it back in like 2004 and everything's still relative to today. It's, it's really aimed at beginners and investors. So absolutely perfect for mums and dads to read for themselves and then give it to a child. I, I can guarantee a child anywhere above probably the age of six would understand it. It's written in nice, simple language and you can actually use the book as a template to help parents uh, and children you know, manage and get into a stock portfolio. What are they going to do? How are they going to find the shares? How are they going to create their portfolio? How are they going to start with a small amount of money? Um, and the parents will find it in invaluable as well. My second book, which I released on it, uh, that first one was a bestseller and still is, and we still sell a lot of copies of that. Anybody listening can get it for free today by just visiting our website and just paying the shipping. So I'm giving it away for free. You just got to pay the shipping. My second book is more aimed at people wanting to start trading the stock market. So I wouldn't suggest um, some of the people that may be listening to this podcast buy that first, but that will be the second book they buy. But they can always listen to our Talking Wealth podcasts as well. They're on iTunes and that there's like hundreds and hundreds of those where we talk about investing for children and helping out and um, you know investing, getting started with your portfolio, portfolio management, a lot of great information on those as well. Thank you so much, Dale. Always wonderful to have you on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me again. If you're loving the Pack Mag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow Pack Mag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? All right, some great takeaways today. Number one was the tips for starting a share portfolio with children. So a child under the age of 18 will have to have a trustee over their portfolio, which means you will have to become the trustee and transfer this portfolio to them once they turn 18. Uh, number two was if you are wanting to set up an account for your child, don't be scared to go to your local broker and have a chat with them and see what options are available. Uh, number three was it's all about creating habits when your child is young. So you've got to teach them to save, not to spend over what they earn. Uh, and it's be about creating fun. So we can't create fear around money. Uh, there is plenty of it. You just got to work out ways to get it. Uh, make sure you have rewards for your child. Don't just make it all around saving and investing. Maybe give the goal of reaching a certain amount and they can go to a theme park or buy something that they've been waiting for for a while so that they have that sense of achievement uh, for saving and that bonus, I guess. Stocks are also a great thing for your child to invest in. Uh, you can look at the top 10 stocks in Australia and just buy one if you like. Uh, but by continually adding to these stocks, your child will be better off in the future. If you start investing in Australian stocks first before heading into the international stocks, uh, that's something that Dale definitely recommended that we do, especially with the kids. Uh, now remember, all websites mentioned in this episode will be in the show notes and make sure to check out Dale's website, wealthwithin.com.au. But I'm definitely going to go and try that trading game. That sounds really, really interesting and something fun for the whole family to do way better than way way better than playing uh fortnight or any of those things you know we're gonna learn and have fun at the same time 
Well, that's the end of the show. I hope you love this episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Such a great topic. I hope you're going to go out there and work out if you can put a share portfolio together for your kids. I know I'm going to. Uh, But thank you so much uh, for Dale for coming onto the show again. Uh, And thanks for listening. But until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.